guys, uh, welcome to our series of Building a Private Practice, Real Life Stories, and I have Mercedes Sanvio, a licensed clinical social worker, today to talk to you about her journey in building a private practice, and I'm really excited for you to hear it because she has done some extraordinary things through her internship and um, to still uh, build a great business and reach out to people. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So tell me about your journey and how you ended up in the field of clinical social work. Um, I started off wanting to be a psychologist. So I went to uh, undergrad with, to get my psychology degree, thinking, oh, psychology, I'm going to ID. This is going to be great. And then I realized halfway through that I really didn't like some of the clinical, like, you know, stuff that talked that was in the psychology field. I kind of wanted to look at more of a person environment, kind of a person within the bigger system mm -hmm. um, aspect. And I didn't know about social work um, as a career path. I knew about it as like the child protective services part of it. But <laughs> that path. Right, that path. <laughs> I didn't know that there was a larger kind of more vast path for that. So I started looking at the social work field and then found out about the master's in social work and then found out about the clinical licensure in social work and I was like oh this is exactly what I want to do it's doing the clinical work but also looking at a person in terms of their bigger systems how they look in the family how they look in the community how they look you know as a human in the world mm -hmm. um, and that was really eye-catching to me so that's how I kind of after undergrad decided to look into social work and decide to get my master's in social work. So you're going through school and you graduate mm -hmm. then what happens? Um, then I decide kind of what it is that I like. So I've always liked children and families. Um, I've always wanted to help kids. And one of the things that I always said to myself because of my own childhood and my own past was that if I could just help one kid not feel the way I did when I was 18, mm. I, I would be doing something. Um, so children and families is what I studied while I was in my master's program. And I came out thinking I was just going to do child stuff, like just work with the children. But then I realized that children, unfortunately, are at the mercy of their family system until they're old enough to make their own decisions. So I started looking at their caregivers and parents and seeing kind of how barriers to that relationship can really disrupt a whole family system. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I came into this idea of I'm not just going to work with kids, but I'm going to work with families and then specifically working with parents to help them understand how they are the guide for their whole family system. So did you go into um, private practice internships right away or what? what kind of was your journey in terms of how you gain knowledge in working with these families? What avenues did you choose to do that in? Um, so after undergrad, I started doing um, case management because I wanted to make sure that I wanted to do social work. So I worked with pregnant um, and parenting teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a really good um, dynamic to look at three generations of family stuff. So look at the, the pregnant teenager who's now having a kid and then their, their yeah. relationship with their parent mm -hmm. and seeing how that all worked out. And that was really my first foray into like, wow, family systems have a huge impact on how we live our lives. Mm -hmm. um, once I got into graduate program, I did try to choose internships that will allow me to be with families or to at least understand the family dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, and then afterwards, yes, I started looking for jobs that was just like children and family stuff, children and family stuff, because that's, I just got like so much passion and so much energy from working with them. Mm -hmm. um, so after school, I was at a foster family agency for a while, so that helped obviously looking at that dynamic right. and how when you're bringing a child into a family system, what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and then I worked at a community mental health um, agency where the children usually have like severe emotional disturbances or some level of diagnosis. We were working with families who are dealing with a child with mental illness. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what was internship like for you? It was, and talk about it in grad school or afterwards? After. When yeah. I get my, like, my license, my number and all that yeah. stuff. It was interesting because as social workers, we're taught to go into community mental health and be community activists and do mm -hmm. all of that. That's it's true. 
Yeah, you're right. Because when I worked with the county, I was like the lone MFT, and everyone around me was yeah. Yeah. Uh, CSW. So. Yeah. And so we're not really taught to go into private practice. We're not told that you can go down that route. So I kind of didn't know right mm -hmm. off the bat if I wanted to do private practice. I thought, oh, I want to be out there for the people and in the trenches, and <laughs> this is what I want to do. Um, but then, unfortunately, you know, the bureaucracy and red tape that comes with helping families and the idea that when you're dealing with the community mental health population, it's just so many barriers to really getting in there and doing work like productivity and notes. So that was really just really difficult for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I want to just help people, right? Yeah, and like, here I am having to stay in the office writing all these notes in the 24-hour turnaround. To appease Medi-Cal. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Right. Um, so that's when I, I think I'd say, when I was getting closer to my first thousand hours, I started saying, what else could I do? Mm. Is this it? Is community mental health, or working for a nonprofit, the only way that I can help people? Mm. Um, and so I kind of just started looking around, and I thankfully had really good supervisors who I could mm. talk to and say, what do you, what do you, you know, what are you guys thinking? So I had one supervisor, one uh, mentor who had her own private practice. She was doing supervising at the agency, but she had her own private practice. And I started talking to her about what that looked like and how did she like it, and what, if she could, would she stop doing this? And we talked a lot about that, and that kind of gave me this idea that I could do this. Once I get licensed, I could do this. Can you speak to that? I love how you call your supervisors mentors. Yes. <clears throat> the importance of mentorship as, you know, post-grad, pre-license, and even into licensure. Can you kind of talk about how that has helped you get to where you are today? Yeah, um, I think finding someone who is in your field. I mean, if you want to get, if you're MFT and you want to sign five, if you're LCSW, you want to MFT five, but it's really nice to find someone who's actually where you want to be. Mm -hmm. So you find an LCSW, like for myself, who is where you want to be, mm -hmm. doing the things that you are interested in doing, working with the population that you're interested in working in, because then you get to watch their trajectory, and you get to learn from them and glean from them. And what I've learned in this field is that networking is a huge deal. So getting to meet people and talking to people and them getting to meet you has been really helpful for mm -hmm. me. So I think one of the things that I would say, if you can do it right after you get out of school, or even before, try to get a mentor of some, some sort that is on the path that you want to be on or has mm -hmm. already gotten to where you want to be right and you yeah. did that through networking mainly or what other ways I did it first by at my agency so mm -hmm. kind of when you do like the big um, meetings you get to see all the supervisors and I was like oh you you I want to talk to you so um, <laughs> my mentor actually wasn't my direct supervisor she was just on the floor of supervisors and I would just kind of drop in there mm -hmm. and, and hey mm -hmm. we want to get lunch <laughs> you know, and stuff like that and she was really nice and really open to talking to me and helping me so yeah, just, yeah, I'll say this, don't be scared. Like, don't be like, oh, I can't talk to anyone about no supervisor. Even if your supervisor is great, if they're really great, they won't mind you talking to the supervisor. They won't totally. feel like, no. oh, you're not coming to me. Like, they'll be okay with it, so. They might be relieved. Like, <laughs> I know I was, because yeah. then I would feel like, oh, good, that's being taken care of, and I have right. other stuff I have to do, right. so. Right. I think, you know, our growth as clinicians comes from a community of people, yes. and to think, like. It does to be that uh, narcissistic that only I, only right. I could teach, right. you know. Right. But, and I love that you're saying, like, to not be afraid to ask. Yeah. And that I'm I'm learning that over and over again. I don't know why I'm always surprised. Yeah. But, yeah, like, just ask. And the worst that could be said is no. Right. I agree with and that. if you don't ask, the answer is already no. So you already know what that feels like. That's My right. favorite saying from you is, like, that closed mouths never get fed. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. so true. It is. Right? It is. So you start thinking, like, is there more? Yes. And how, what was your next step after, like, in getting closer to starting your own business, right? Yes. You started your business in your yes. postgraduate internship. It was actually my mentor. 
um, who said, why don't you try doing life coaching? And I said, ah, you know, that, that whole word coaching in our profession is like, oh, a flaws. Somebody's not really licensed. Someone's just trying to do stuff on the side. <laughs> so I was like really scared of it. Yeah. And so I said, I don't know coaching. And we start talking about what that looks like because she did a little bit of it too. And um, I said, I don't know about coaching so much, but I'll look into, you know, what that is. And as I start looking into the coaching world and what it meant and that there are actual certifications for it if you want to go that route and you can actually go to school for it if you if you want, mm-hmm. um, I started realizing, well, if I'm going to coach, I don't want to do life coaching. That's not something that gives me energy, but I like working with parents. I like working with families. And this idea that I could coach families actually was something that I realized I do anyway in therapy because before we can even get to the therapeutic part, I have to teach them how to talk, how to be a part of the system, how to be a part of the process. And that was coaching in the first place. So I said, I do that already. And I have a really nice kind of solid skill set of coaching. So I started to kind of look at that, but I was scared. So I still didn't jump right into it. But I was like, okay, parent coaching, mm-hmm. that's something <laughs> that I could look at. Um, and then talking just to friends and all my friends knew how much I liked parenting and family stuff, so I'd always just be talking to them about all this stuff. And one of my friends said, do you blog at all? And I said, no. <laughs> I, you know, I blogged when I was in college about all my emo feelings <laughs> and stuff, but I didn't know that you could blog professionally, like for real. <laughs> and so she said, yeah, because you, everything you're saying to me sounds great, but it's just between me and you. Like, no one else is hearing this, so get your ideas on paper. So essentially blogging was to just get my ideas on paper. All the stuff I was thinking about parenting and family stuff, just get it out of my head in somewhere where people could see it if they wanted or it could just be out um so that's why I started blogging first I wasn't ready to be like let's do coaching but I was like well I could start putting it out there and that could be that process <laughs> see how that goes and in that meantime you're still working at a site still working uh-huh. at a site uh-huh yep still and you just start blogging I did that is something that Miranda and I always encourage people that are um pre-licensed mm-hmm. is you can actually blog like yes and um, just start getting content and ideas out, yes, you know? I agree with you. I love that you did that. I agree with that. And I think it also helps you to organize your ideas because I think that all of us have a niche that we like, whether we want to admit it or not. But there's something that you really like. You like talking about it. That's why you work with people who, you know, talk to you about their problems all the time. So I love listening to family problems. I love listening to parenting stuff. So I realized that if I could get my ideas out, I could start getting a good framework for what type of parenting I want to do what type of family stuff I want to do and that actually led me to really getting to this point where this is my niche this is what I want to do I don't want to do marriage and stuff I don't want to do sex addiction I don't want to right. do substance abuse this is it right so when did you finally de- like do it um when did I finally do it like probably, I'm creating a business probably right before I met you guys <laughs> like literally when I was like I can do this and I thought so this was, I guess, January, because I started, I opened my business last February. year. Yeah, uh-huh. so last year. So right before we started the first boot camp, I was like, I could do this. This could be a business. I could actually start coaching before I got licensed because it's something that I really like doing. Um, I think it was right, yeah, it was right before I met you guys and right before. Because I was looking at, what I was doing was I was looking at how to build a private practice because I thought, okay, once I get licensed, I'm going to hit the ground running. So I had, you know, looked up Casey Truffaut and Lynn Grodsky and you guys came up in my searches. So all these people that I was kind of getting all this information from. And then um, when I saw you guys, you guys just kind of mailed it everything, mm-hmm. not just the coaching piece, but like the, the tech piece, the social media piece stuff that I was already tapped into. You guys really kind of meshed that for me with Zanini. And so that was why you guys were the first people that I called. It was like, okay, yes, you. Mm-hmm. I did go to Casey's thing the year before and it was great and really interesting to meet with people and to see people really doing it. But it didn't, there was a piece that was missing for me mm-hmm. that I didn't feel was like, the total package right so I held off on getting her coaching but when I met you guys you guys kind of had every piece that I was looking for and that I needed 
to, to really feel confident to say, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so, and I think that's another important piece is that there's a lot of coaches out there yep. that aren't just even therapists that, yes. um, that do work with helpers and healers and understand our field. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of free information and a yes. lot of other ways to like tap into it yes. and to really explore and sit with the person and the content mm -hmm. to see if it's right for you. And I was the same. Like when I started my business, I was like, I'm going to get coaching from the get go. Right. And then when Miranda and I started to shift and start doing more programming, we were like, we got to get coaching, yeah. you know, cause yeah. I wanted to see it succeed and yes. I didn't want to struggle if I didn't have to. Right. 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 Um, but it, it is an investment. And I think like you had an idea and you knew how valuable it was yes. and decided to invest yeah. that way. So how do you, uh, differentiate, uh, coaching and therapy then i'm sure you yeah. get asked about it a I lot i do and because it's, it's scary i think for our field it's still a scary it still has that that uh, unsavory feel to it when people hear coaching oh you know still um uh but what i tell people is this for what i do for, for my niche parent coaching isn't getting into the deeper issues um, of the family structure it's really just teaching the the parent how to communicate it's really kind of being more directive you're really kind of saying don't do this do this here's some goals meet those goals it's very structured it's like very, a coach yes here's the plan the game, and yep. <laughs> the exactly. Game plan and, exactly uh -huh. um and even with family coaching even when i'm working with the child too i'm, I'm coaching them on it's it's very directive if i could um liken it to something that we do as therapists it would be pretty much like um strategic family therapy right mm -hmm. where it's very directive but we're not getting into deeper issues you're just staying around the surface mm -hmm. with them about things and if other deeper issues come in then you definitely want to refer out but um, that's what I'm doing as a coach. Mm -hmm. As a therapist, I am trying to get into those deeper kind of issues that are that have led the family to get to where they're at. You know, what happened with the birth? What happened with um, the relationship with, with the significant other, you know, with the, the child or the parent? You know, what happened here? Where did things start to kind of fall apart? Um, you're really looking at real issues, piecing together all of that to help them kind of develop a really sane, healthy kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. so, all right. So you decide January of last year to mm -hmm. start this mm -hmm. whole thing and you've done it all kind of online and yes. in-home kind yes. of services and stuff like mm -hmm. that right yes what have been um some of your biggest lessons in becoming a business owner that you if for people that are thinking about this whether it's a coaching practice or they're wanting to start a private practice as a therapist what is some nuggets of wisdom that you have to share yeah. Yeah. <laughs> regarding just getting started and making that decision i'm going to do this and then you know those first few months of decision and action yes i think the biggest thing that was mulling over in my head when you were asking that is be really intentional and be really clear that might feel really scary when you're starting but i think if you're not clear anything that comes up is going to knock you off your base you really want to be clear about do i want to do this if you want to do a full practice and this might be a little like not so great but if you want to do a full if you want to do a private practice do it don't go like, i want to do half i want to do part-time just say i want to do a private practice and work your way up to being full-time don't start off with the part-time idea start off with the i want to be full-time the bigger you, vision yeah um be very clear about that if you want to do coaching and therapy be very clear about that so you can start yourself off on the right path of how to set that up because it is going to be two different clientele and two different forms and two different everything set that up from jump um i would also say get someone to help you whatever that looks like get a coach get a mentor get someone to help you don't try to do it all by yourself because there's so many wheels that have to start turning to do it like the legal stuff the financial stuff just get someone who's already done it 
if you want to invest in the coach, I think you should. <laughs> if you just want to kind of talk to your mentor who's already doing it, then do that. Yeah. But figure out all the stuff. Because, yes, it's fun to see clients, but it's also really not fun to have all the business stuff. And, and that business side where the finances and the business plan are all in, you know, set up. So that was a big lesson for me. Like, get that stuff set up, too. <laughs> not just getting clients. Yeah. Um, and then I would say also be really fearless. Don't be afraid of things. You're going to mess up. You're, like there's, it's not will I mess up, it's I am going to mess up <laughs> and be okay with that process and understand that as you mess up, if you have a mentor and a coach, like I said, you initially, you can go to them with that and say, I really messed up. I thought I started here and I'm over here now because they can kind of help you figure out where, mm-hmm. kind of where you kind of went wrong or where you kind of took a left turn and bring you back. Mm-hmm. I think if you're all sitting by yourself trying to do it all by yourself, you, you can't get yourself back. And you get stuck in your <laughs> you head. You so and, stuck. Yes. And yeah. just thinking and thinking and thinking. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree. What have been some of your favorite tools in building your um, business that you use? Um, I learned how to build my website from the ground up, so that was really fun. You are a WordPress gal. <laughs> I am a WordPress person. And Mercedes would be like, what do you think about this plugin? I'm like... I hate WordPress, so <laughs> yeah. you. I will do my best to research and hear some plugins. But you're the one. That, yeah. yeah, you built yours from scratch. Yeah. Awesome. If you can do it, I, I'll be honest with you. If you have that time, do it. If not, get someone to help you. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think web, my website and my social media have been my favorite tools because and my blogging. Right. Which social media do you love to use? Um, Facebook and Twitter the most. Why those two? Because you get to interact immediately with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as you post things, people can like it, and you and they can comment, and you can kind of go back. Twitter's a little bit quicker, so if you're going to post things and be on Twitter, be have your notifications on so you can know that people are commenting and, and liking and retweeting your stuff. And I like that idea of being able to converse with people right away and say, thank you for this, or I really appreciated that insight. Same with blogs. People comment on your blog, you get a notification saying so-and-so comment. You get to go in there and be like, hey, thanks, and what did you think about it, and really talk to people. And so I think that that helps on one end where it helps you build relationships on one end, but also it builds your credibility because if someone posts a question and you can answer it right away, it's like, oh, this person knows. Okay, so tell me how you've used Twitter. Okay. So I have a really cool story where I was just kind of perusing the Twitter feed, just looking at things to retweet and share. And I saw this one lady who I was following talk about how her daughter wasn't getting... um, than getting her needs met at school. So they were trying to do an IEP. The school was giving the mom the runaround. And so I just kind of started to talk to her. I said, have you talked to them about this? Or have you asked them this? And she was like, no, I haven't. So I gave her my email. I said, hey, email me, and I can kind of give you some resources, kind of start the process and make sure that you're getting your needs met. So we went back and forth over emails um, and helped her kind of get the resource she needed, get the, the help that she needed, because she's up north. Um, and so she was able to do that and sent me an email saying, hey, I was able to get my daughter's IEP, you know, finalized and it's all the services she needs are in there. And so I didn't ask her. She just said, do you mind if I give you a recommendation? Is there anything I can do for you? And I said, sure, if you want. She said, well, I'm on LinkedIn. I was like, okay, that's fine. And that's how I got my first LinkedIn recommendation because of Twitter, because of Twitter, helping someone on Twitter. That's kind of cool. (laughs) I've never heard anything like that before. And I think it's a beautiful way of of providing support for a community and I mean the larger community she wasn't even in your area and she gave back to you out of that and just to know that like your social media presence Mm -hmm. does impact Mm -hmm. that it does I think sometimes we like tweet and we blog and we're like well is this doing anything right and so it's when you start seeing stuff like that you're like ah if I engage yes it does impact yeah if I just send it out and it falls (laughs) onto people's ears or whatever they may hear something but it's more 
valuable when you're engaging. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. I think one of the things that I tell people too about blogging and social media is that it's really crowded. Everyone's on the internet doing something. You know, that's why cat videos are out there. That's everyone's <laughs> out there doing something. And I think that if you really want to, you know, kind of get your voice out there, you do kind of have to be on Twitter watching the feed every now and then. Take some, I, I would tell one person, just schedule time to be on a certain, you know, social media. Just get, like, look at the feed and look at what's going on. And you might be able to say, hey, look at this. Or you might be able to kind of come up with a new blog post because you're seeing in your feed that this is what people are talking about. You know, and I think that that's kind of one way to get people to interact with you if you're talking about things that are relevant. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're talking about things that other people are talking about. Yeah. Um, or even starting chats or participating yeah. in chats too I've on Twitter. Times yeah. Too. yeah, like there's one called mental health chat that uh -huh. I've done a few times and they always have this broad topic where I've gotten followers and I've gotten people to contact me just because I'll say something like, oh, that's a really good idea. And they'll kind of start following me and we'll start talking that way. So, you know. That's what I love too about you is that you just go out there and you figure out the social media and stuff and you I mean your blogs have been featured where have you been featured at you yeah. were in socialworker.com so the new social worker magazine uh -huh. is um, a magazine that is online in print uh, for social workers who are right out of school mm -hmm. um, so I submitted a query about fa doing family therapy because it was one of the things that I love doing but I also realized that a lot of other therapists and social workers have a hard time with family therapy so I said you know I submitted the query and the editor was like that's a great idea and so I submitted it out and it was a couple of months ago, you know, she's like, I'll let you know when it's coming. And so she finally sent me an email saying, Hey, it's up and it's doing really well. And I said, okay. So I looked, <laughs> I didn't think what, I didn't know what that meant. So I looked on the site and on their social media and like comments and shares. And I think I'm up to like 2000 likes now. Oh the, my god! And it's like, okay, this is okay. People. And that's what she said. She said people like that type of article because it teaches you what to do while you're in the field. Beautiful. So yeah. Awesome. Um, any kind of like tech tools you like to use? Yeah, yeah, I like um, for as far, as far as social media management, I like Hootsuite mm -hmm. um, because you can kind of um, what's the word? You can schedule all of the posts for a few social media sites, so they can all kind of go out there, whichever ones you like using. Like I like doing Twitter, Facebook, and um, LinkedIn, so they they all go out to that. Um, I use a lot of my phone apps, so I use like I use my Facebook phone app a lot. I use my Twitter, which is how I'm able to kind of keep up with stuff. And those are the ones that I use the most. Like, I like those the most because it helps me to manage my social media, mm -hmm. even when I'm not at a desktop. Mm -hmm. So where are you at now in your practice? You got licensed. Yes. Uh, when did you get licensed? In December. December. That was when I got it. Mm -hmm. So now what are you going to be doing in your business? I'm doing both. I'm still going to do family and parent coaching, and I'll do family therapy. Mm -hmm. um, I really like family therapy. I really don't want to do individual because, again, I like the family piece of it. Um, so I'll do both. I'll be doing family therapy and family and parent coaching. Mm -hmm. And where do you see the practice going in the next year? Um, I would like to launch my online parenting program. That's mm -hmm. part of my, my family and parent coaching. Um, that's something I really want to do because I, I want to be able to help more families than just people who can come into the office here in um, Orange County or LA. I really like the idea of being able to help people online and doing Skype. I've done a few webinars and it works out really well. I've done a few Skype kind of interviews with people and it works out pretty well. So it's like, I really want to do, be able to offer the same level of, of service to people who might not be able to come into my office or I can't go to their homes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have a parenting summit? No. I do. I do. I have can you a, talk about that? I can. I can now because I have all of my speakers, so I'm really excited oh, about see. it. Oh, Good. I'm glad yeah. I asked. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, I have, it's called um, Creating Happy Families, Creating Healthy Families, uh, Raising Healthy Children. 
um, Telesummit where I have some parenting experts and people who work um, in this field talking about ways that parents can create a healthier family and be more effective. And it's all positive. It's not about parent shaming. It's not about saying what you're doing wrong, but it's about you're a parent. Here's some tools. You can use these ideas, you know, to help your family be more healthy. So mm-hmm. that would be in March. That is so inspiring that you're doing that. I'm inspired. I'm like, hmm, maybe I should do a summit on, I don't know what it would be on, but that's pretty neat. And what have you learned from doing this? I mean, I know it hasn't launched, but just putting it together and seeking out experts for it. That people really want this. I mean, the experts who I've found, they really want to get their information out there. And I I found that a lot of them don't know how to do it. They're just like, you know what? Thank you for putting this together. At least I get to come out and say what I really want to say. Um, I also found that people really want it. You know, like when I talk about it kind of to just different people, they're like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, put me on the list. You know, I really want that. So I'm really excited for it. All the speakers are very excited to be a part of it. Um, They all have some really good like topics. I'm so excited like for these topics because they're all like, wow. These are really going to help people and hope that people can benefit from it and use it and don't just, you know, get in their inbox and don't listen. Like, really go back and look at the recording because it's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait to listen because I'm a parent and I can always use more tools. <laughs> so when, if you were talking to someone who um, newly licensed mm-hmm. and um, has started their business and is kind of like, all right, I'm doing stuff, what is some encouragement that you have for them? That you can do it. Mm-hmm. That it is really shaky, no matter what you get. Even if you have all the mentors in the world and all the books in the world, it's going to be really shaky. I think part of being really confident in it is to build that confidence in yourself and know that you can do this. So I really will say you can do that. It will be hard initially. It will feel really scary initially. But kind of sit with that, but keep doing it. Keep mm-hmm. going. I think someone has posted before on social media, sit with the fear, but keep going. Let that fear be there, but just keep going. Mm-hmm. And I really stress getting a coach or, or a mentor or someone to help you. Don't do it by yourself. Even if you know everything, even if you're someone who used Google like nobody's business, still get somebody or get into a networking group where you have other people doing the same thing as you because it really helps to have a community. It really helps to have support. It really helps to look over to the side like, I don't know what I'm doing. And that person <laughs> to say, well, do this next. Because I think you said earlier that you can get all up in your head sometimes about all the stuff that you should, coulda, woulda, <laughs> and you don't ever make a move. But mm-hmm. when you have a community, you know, even if you do networking, like a business networking thing where everybody in that network isn't a therapist, that actually is really good too because all those it people is. are in their head. They're like, just do it. Just yeah. put that product out there. And you're like, okay. You don't realize <laughs> you can actually just do it. So get, I, I would say this, sit with the fear just do it it'll work and get a community of some sort beautiful yeah that's great advice well thank you for watching i would love for you guys to share below what you've learned from mercedes i'll also put her contact details below do you want to share your website and spell it out so that way people listening to the podcast can know how to find you as well sure so um, my website is theparentingskill.com so t-h-e P-A-R-E-N-T-I-N-G S-K-I-L-L dot com. Awesome. Yeah. I thank you so much for sharing your story. And I think it's really inspirational for people that are pre-licensed and newly licensed and those that are considering other ways of working beyond psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's encouraging to hear that there are other people out there doing it. And um, thank you. Thank you. All right.